This is a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons with each other. You see, Jeffrey, that's how you do that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Wherever you are, Jeffrey. Shooting Jeffrey and he's not even here. One of his ears are burning, you know, like I say. <laughs> Hello, friends, fans, listeners, make-believe heroes, make-believe friends. This is the Make-Believe Heroes podcast, an actual play, 5th edition, Dungeons & Dragons adventure for all ages. I'm your host with the sultry, deep voice this morning because it's kind of early. My name is Paul, and I'm joined today by four friends of mine. Hey guys, this is Jeremy, and I play Satsaris. Hi, I'm Zach, and I play Phil. Hi, I'm... Caleb and I played Bill. You forgot who he was. Did you forget? I, I forgot my name. You forgot his actual name. Not his character name. His real human name. Hi, I'm Bill and I play Caleb. Hi, I'm Abby and I play Jill. And we are ready to play some Dungeons and Dragons. It feels like it's been 47 years since I played D&D. Dude, it's been like two weeks. <sighs> Shut up. But before we do, I'm going to roll this giant blue D20. See how things are going to go. I'm watching you roll that giant d20 oh my gosh what is it nat is 20 it? boys you lied. <laughs> it was a nat 20 20 <laughs> all lies i just want to say it's been great to be on this podcast <laughs> had also, a really fun time want to say i'm probably just gonna go back to bed <laughs> so before we hop right into the action let me give you a quick recap of what happened last time on make-believe heroes So our adventurers are making their way through the city of Nordentown. They have fallen into the research of some strange mystery about horses going missing that they believe might be tied to those draconic creatures that attacked them as they first approached the city. Hired by the Waldegrave family to find them and hopefully bring one back alive, they set out into Nordentown looking for clues, looking for leads. They spoke with Chase Walgrave, the owner slash manager of the ranch of Nordentown, and then they began making their way across the city. Uh, Bill got lost, you know, smelled some cheese and got real hungry, I guess, just hangry for some cheese. And then you all made your way farther toward the northern end of town where you stumbled upon a fight outside of a really dank-looking bar. You broke that up, went inside. You found Berman there. Berman. Uh, Berman, the dwarf, who allegedly saw one of these things eating a horse a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't that simple. He was incredibly drunk. You guys woke him up, tried to bring him around, and by the time that you could really get him going, and Bill cast a Zone of Truth spell on everyone in the room. Uh, by the way, let me just go ahead and address this, because I'm pretty sure it'll get brought up. I did not make anyone else do a save for Zone of Truth. Uh, Jeremy just launched into the role play of Saul sprouting out truths, and it was so great that we all just rolled with it, you know? And hey, for the love of the game, right? The RP, it's all for the RP. Good times. Good times. Uh, Some really funny and um, maybe potentially troubling truths came out about (laughs) these these three (laughs) (laughs) All their deep insecurities were just pouring out of them. Uh, But they then saw us Berman point and said, those guys right there, they're coming to kill us right now. And uh, you all had a bar fight of your own, which resulted in in the middle of this bar, which, okay, it's it's rough. It's a rough place, okay? It smells weird. It's dank. It's dirty. uh, But still, Phil, 
you cut this guy's head off right in the middle of this bar <laughs> and then bring it over and set it down in front of Saul. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty violent. I mean, he asked for it, so. Yeah, yeah, you know, hey. Saul was proud. I'm just a loyal servant, okay? Just a <laughs> Sometimes you <laughs> okay. just got to take off somebody's head, you know? I mean, anyhow. You got to prove a point. You guys um, took them down with uh, conviction, and uh, they're all dead, except for a couple of them, which tried to run away. He tackled them, and Bremen has agreed to tell you everything he knows if you'll just let him change pants first. You see, I, I might have had a little accident, and uh, I live really close to here. If you'd... Uh, let's... This is embarrassing. Yeah, it is embarrassing. We did all the work. Uh, What's that smell? Let's go to my house, uh, but what are you going to do about those two uh, men? And he points to Bill and Phil, which are... It's funny, because Bill and Phil are both short, right? One of you is a halfling, and one of you is a dwarf who thinks he's a halfling, I guess. And you two have <laughs> tackled and are just manhandling two regular human yes. guys down on the floor. Do you have them down on the ground still? Have you yes. picked them up? Okay. No. I'm looking at the one, and I don't want to grab him by the throat. Where is she? Don't say where's Rachel, I swear. I'll, I'll reach across this table. <laughs> oh, my God. That is dead. We're, oh, my that's God. dead. <laughs> Who do you work for? He's just kind of struggling and grunting and trying I'm to... I'm smacking him in the face whenever he doesn't answer. <laughs> okay. Uh, Phil, what are you doing with your guy? Uh, I want to, like, break my axe in half so I only have the one hand axe. Okay. And I kind of want to just start slicing on his arm. Jeez. Until he starts, like, <laughs> wow. Just just a short. I was just a, slapping him, but that's Phil. That's messed up. Have I taught you nothing? If you're going to interrogate someone, you threaten with taking their ears first. Well, look, um. Saul pulls out his poisonous get dagger and, and gets down close to the guy. You don't, you don't have to do that. Um, don't, please don't cut off my ears. Uh, we can not cut off your ears if you just go ahead and talk. What, I, what do you, I don't know what you want from me. The, our uh, intoxicated friend who has soiled himself. Why would you want to kill him? Uh, roll me an intimidation check. Oh, I'll tell you out, what, uh, Phil, uh, you're helping. So I'll, I'll say okay. that Phil is helping, so you'll have advantage on the check, Saul. Ooh. Ooh. Well, the first dice was a 14, but we can do better than that. That is a 7. So 14 plus... Oh, it's a plus 6. So I got a dirty 20. Ooh, okay. Uh, I'll, let's, let's see. Let me let him roll a little. We'll save. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, please, please don't cut off my ears. I, I need those. Uh, I'll tell you anything you need to know. Well, you're, you're about to lose them. Speak okay, quickly. Uh, what, what, what do you... What do you uh, we, I was supposed to... He's not supposed to talk about things. Who told him not to talk about things? Uh, my boss told me, t told us, you killed him. And he says, pointing to the guy that you sliced from hip to shoulder or whatever with your dagger Dude. earlier. Great. What's the name of your group? What do you mean? We don't have a name. We just... Are you affiliated in any way with the Hot Feet? What? No. No, I, did, I didn't know anything about no Hot Feets. So why would your boss not want him to talk about creatures that eat horses he just took a job he just took a job i don't know I, I just he took a job i just do what i'm told took a job from the one that you're holding down bill uh yeah. is like shut up i smack shut him up. in the face okay you slap him no full-on punch him forget that okay bill feel free to uh eliminate that one at any point go ahead and give me an intimidation check 
All right. That's a 15 on the die. Okay. Oh, yeah. And your modifier is... is a plus five, so that's a dirty 20. Wow, that's you guys sweet. are killing these rolls already. <laughs> <laughs> he rolled a five. You punch him, and, you know, Bill, you're not really trying to kill this guy or anything like that, but I think maybe... you used a little, little bit too much force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a little hopped up. You don't knock him out or anything like that, but you punch him really, really, really hard in the face, and, like, his head smacks on the wooden floor beneath you, which arguably isn't all that hard because it's so yeah. damp in here that it's kind of starting to rot a little bit. But he's like, oh, God, please, uh, what is wrong with you people? I grab him by the collar of his shirt and I get real close to him. I'm like, I've seen things that you wouldn't even imagine. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to the great god Paylor, I'll make you wish that you were in the nine hells right now. Tell me what you know. Uh, look, we we don't know uh, nothing. We Bull just, crap. We just did can a I job. Yeah, it's fine. Bullcrap okay. is fine. <laughs> can I say bullcrap? Oh, can, can I say bullcrap? Is that okay? <laughs> Saul looks over and says, yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> look, we, 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 just, we were just following orders. That was our boss. You killed there. And our friend, that was my brother. You cut his head off. And you're about to join your brother if you don't tell me what you know. They just told us to rough this guy up. If he started talking about anything to do with the horses going missing. I get real close. Cool. Who told you that? I don't know. You can roll me an insight check. I don't even think my insight's that great, though. It's a 12 on that dice. Yeah, your insight's a negative 2, remember? <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. <laughs> can they roll an insight? <laughs> to see if he's lying. Just based on how afraid he genuinely looks right now... You, you think he's not brave enough to lie to you. Okay, cool. Saul, you, are you still speaking to your guy? Yes. So, you don't know who gave you the job, but can you point me in the direction of where I could find them? I, I don't know nothing. I swear, I just did what I was told. They said to, you know, just... just we kept some guys around here who were, um, look, uh, maybe maybe there's somebody it, uh, that helps us that might know something. Uh, the boss, he, he had a girl, uh, a girlfriend. Uh, uh, maybe you could ask. Where is she? At their house. Where's their house? It's, it's closer to the center of town. Specific directions. Write them down. Okay. Just please don't kill me or cut off my ears perhaps jill i need a chair uh anyone have any rope uh yeah I'd we say, all have rope yeah i'd say most of you guys probably have 25 or 50 feet of rope on you i'm certain that phil does bill have your man stand on that chair please stand on the chair oh my gosh oh no Oh wow! We're this not, is not going the way i, I thought okay, it was going to. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're i think not that's a little rope. extreme wait what jill what did you say what is the crowd thinking of this right now? Uh, I want to I want to push <laughs> Phil out of the way and grab the man and stand him up on the chair. You are Phil. Go ahead, Jill. Did I say Phil? Yeah, you said Phil. <laughs> Shut myself out the way. Grab this I guy. I want to jump onto the ground. <laughs> Go ahead, Jill. I think that's a little extreme. Like your dagger kind of scared him enough, don't you think? I just want to make sure they don't come after us. I'm not going to kill him. 
Were you forming the rope into a noose? Yes. That's what I want to know. Yes, he was. (laughs) So we're having a public execution in the middle of a dank bar. Okay. He was going to hang the rope Mm -hmm. from the ceiling and have him set up that if he were to struggle or move from his chair, he would hang himself. Yeah, tipping toe on a chair and don't move till I get back. Yeah, we get it. Oh, my God. You're forming a noose. uh, You hear a voice come from across the bar, and it's the, uh, the barkeep who's been standing over there just cleaning glasses with a dirty rag this whole time because he's honestly not that uh, shocked by what's been happening. This sort of stuff is not that uncommon around here. And he just says, um, let's not, uh, you you guys can't leave those those two men here. If you want to uh, tie them up or something, uh, you're going to have to take them out of here. Okay, thank you. Um, also, maybe the head... Yeah, we'll we'll get that out of here. Mm. We got you. Look, Don't worry. I, about I know it. this ain't like the best establishment. No, yeah, we understand. You gotta you gotta run a business. Yeah, you know, blood. And yeah, entrails. Yeah, we understand. Saul whispers to Jilly, so it's considered polite to clean up. It's okay if you do it, just as long as you clean up. <laughs> Not generally. <laughs> Not in every place. This plane uh. is so confusing. Berman steps over and he says, um, "If we could." Uh, you can probably take them to my house if they've been here watching me. I'm sure they know where I live anyway, so uh, I just really need to change. If we could yeah. go now, I'd like to do that, please. Uh, also, it's possible that, um, I don't know, maybe they're going to send more of these guys. He kind of looks to the two men that you have restrained, and they just sort of share a glance at each other and then just look back forward. Really obvious there, guys. <laughs> I'm the dumb one of the group, what? and I knew what that meant. What? Wait, I didn't say nothing. What? You what? didn't say nothing. No, there's more of you. We're not idiots. I mean, I'm an idiot, but we're not that idiotic. Shut up. Tie their arms. <laughs> All right. Tie their arms. Let's go. No, we got to clean up the bodies. We got to get rid of the bodies. I'm going to go pick up the head. Okay. Phil goes <laughs> I'm going to carry it with me. Oh, Phil goes oh about God. grabbing the headless person. Uh, Jill, do you want to help with tying those knots? Yeah, I'll do that. You're very dexterous, so give me a couple of dex checks. Yeah, neither. <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is, that, is that what you just rolled, that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, Okay, roll another one. Okay. Saul goes and grabs a couple by the ankles that, you know, are dead, and just clean up, clean up, everybody, everybody everywhere. <laughs> and he just throws them out the front door. So Jill, just uh, right out the front door. <laughs> I was thinking of back alley, but no. Right out the front door. Jill, uh, which one did you tie up first? Um, the one that saw on. Okay, good choice. So you go about tying them both up, and the one that uh, Phil has is noticeably stronger. And so when you go to tying his arms up, you really, you know, you kind of overcompensate. The other guy is so squirrely and thin, and, you know, you can tell he's kind of like the weak sort of just along for the ride one that everybody just kind of rolls their eyes about all the time but you tie his hands up pretty good as well and you all clean up a little bit and head out we're going to his house so uh you all head out the front door you just kind of frog marching these two guys along with you yep berman lives about two blocks away cool you're going through the street and there are people around i want to say it's like midday at this point can't remember 100% exactly, but we're just going to wing with that. Uh, we'll call it not midday, but like on the decline, like probably three o'clock in the afternoon. 
heading toward the evening, maybe a little later, and you all are making your way through uh, these street, just a couple blocks, and you do see people, but the people that you see look like this isn't that foreign to them, you know? <laughs> they just see you walk by, like, having people tied up with blood all over them and things, and they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know. Business of payload. It's a, it's a Saturday or whatever. Uh, you know, they walk you through. You come upon, you know, there's a lot of buildings. It's a city, and, you know, it's it's not, doesn't smell great around here. It's a rough part of town. But you do come upon a, um, a building. doesn't look decrepit or anything like that. You go in through a door on the bottom, and it's basically like an apartment building. I mean, Berman basically has like a studio apartment that he lives in, a one-room apartment. It's like an extended-stay hotel room. It's not large. Uh, he takes you up two flights of stairs, and then you go into this room, and there he is. There's a bed over to one side. It's kind of more like a cot. There's a chair with a table for eating. There's a 60-inch plasma screen hanging on the wall. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, you know, nice. it, it's a bachelor pad. It's mostly just empty liquor bottles on the counter, you know, a, a wash basin, things like that. Just the bare minimum. And Berman walks over, and uh, he has a sort of dresser, and he just starts digging through. He finds some clothes. He pulls them out. He looks at you guys, and he's like, uh, you think you could, like, just turn it around for a moment? Uh, I'm just real quickly. Just going to change here. No, you'll be all right. Saul does not turn around. <laughs> this is... Okay. Back well, when Jill's we were definitely going to turn around. Yeah, back <laughs> when we were in basic training, we weren't allowed to turn around when people were changing. <laughs> what? <laughs> that just got really awkward. <laughs> is that a real thing? That's Man. canon. Man, Barlin's pass is messed up. Um, just ask Jeffrey. Well, I guess that uh, we've got... Well, I mean, it's not like I got any dignity left now anyway, so sure. He just changes. Uh, the two guys that are tied up or... We make them watch. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with them? We uh, sit them down back to back and tie them up okay. and let them know that at some point we'll release them. Would you like a cup of tea? We don't have time for tea. Okay, well, never mind. We don't have time for tea. Directions. I get directions from the one to the house of the girlfriend. They're trying to just be silent as much as they can. They're not talking right now. Well, that's great. Uh, Berman gets dressed, and uh, he says, Well, I guess uh, you're probably wondering uh, what I saw out there. I'm assuming that's what you're looking for. That's exactly what we want to know. Yep. Hmm. Well, uh, I was specifically told not to talk about this, but um, I guess I can do that, uh, you know, since I just saw you all. Oh, yes. These two will witness that if you hadn't told us, we probably would have killed you, too. Uh, I haven't done anything to That's you. That's debatable, but. Right. Yeah. Right. He's No, not. We wouldn't kill him. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jill. Right. Calm down. That's right. Uh, Take a deep it. breath. Maybe the other two. Which reminds me, I kind of want to, can I just pull my trident out and point it at him? At the just watch him? Yeah, I'm just watching while I'm listening. Okay, yeah. Uh, give me a perception check. Okay. Oh, gosh, it's four. Okay, you have a negative two to perception, I think? Yeah, right? so I have a two. Okay. So, yeah, you're watching them. Oh, no, no, no. You got a plus. No, it's Phil. But you, I Y'all's am. names are way too similar. It is It is a problem for But me. I am. I, I'm watching them with. I mean, I'm just keeping guard. I'm just kind of yeah, yeah, looking yeah, yeah, at them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have a negative two. So you rolled a two. You're watching them just diligently. You're watching these two guys. Uh, you can see the sweat beating down their cheeks. Good, good, good. Um, I like when people are scared. So uh, I was working uh, 
the other day. I had the night shift. Um, we sort of go back and forth on that, you know. Uh, some of the guys, we have a, a deal where some days I take it and they take it. You know, we, it's a good place to work. Uh, the ranch, I like it pretty good usually. Uh, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard work and Chase can be a bit of a... Uh, Berman, you know, a more terror. to the point, please. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, right. Um, so I was working and uh, it was just it was nighttime. I was just doing the quick rounds. Going to just do a quick walk around the ranch, you know, walk the border, make sure there's no creatures trying to get in through the fences or horses hurt or anything like that, you know. Uh, it's not really uh, fall season, but you never know. So we were watching, and uh, I was just kind of walking around, and I heard a strange noise. Uh, I was actually a bit away from the barns, and I heard something coming from toward the barns. Uh, so I started walking that way. It sounded like one of our horses was in distress. And uh, it was it was dark, but the moon was pretty bright, you know. Uh, I, I guess that's a good thing. And as I made my way toward the barn, uh, that horse crying out in pain, it uh, it stopped. And uh, just kind of, I was like, uh-oh, hurried along. You know, it, it's not unheard of for something crazy to happen. Like a, we have had an owl bear make its way down from the forest and things like that in the past. And uh, even like wolves, not that common, but, you know, wolves from the uh, colder forest of the north have made their way and different things. So I was making my way over there. Anyway, what I came upon was something different than that. Uh, I saw something like leaning down over this horse, just eating it. But it weren't no sort of creature, really. It, I didn't get a good look at it. Like, you know, it was... The moon was bright, but it wasn't daylight, you know what I'm saying? I could just sort of see the form of it, and it looked like a man, like a like a person, uh, tall, at least six feet tall. I know because as I approached it, I, I, I yelled out, Oi. thinking it was just some sort of creature. Get away. But when it stood up, uh, I was frozen in fear, and it turned and looked at me, and uh, in spite of the darkness i could see its eyes one was like a bright glowing green and the other was a uh, like a dull black but it gleamed somehow in the night it was strange i could see the moonlight off its eyes and uh i think it wanted to kill me possibly eat me you know so i ran i ran hard and it chased me but i know the place pretty well i hid underneath the barn uh, there's a not a cellar, uh, just crawled right up underneath that thing. There's a part over on the back side where I could squeeze my buddy in. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you survived. Yeah, it didn't see me, uh, and I hid, but it it stalked me for a while. I heard it, heard it sniffing around and looking. And How big was it? How tall? At least six feet tall. Did it have wings? Not that I saw, no. Did you get any facial features? No, like I said, it, I didn't get real close to it. When I saw its eyes and it sort of growled at me or something. Well, guys, we've murdered some ruffians for the exact same information. For the same exact information that we just got. Well, there is one more thing. Okay. He looks at the two guys over there that, uh, that are tied up. I weren't supposed to tell this. Specifically... Chase told me not to say anything about this. I haven't been to work in two weeks, and uh, believe this is why. And if I were to guess, I'd think this is probably why those men were tailing me. Make sure I didn't tell. 
You see, after I heard that thing leave, give up, I suppose, after a while I snuck out. A couple hours later, I crawled out of the barn and I, uh, there were three dead horses. It left me and went back to feed. It finished the one, killed two more. One was just a baby. And as I come out thinking I was safe and I saw the corpses, I froze and I heard a sound. And it's something that I've heard hundreds of times. It was the gate. The gate? Yeah, the Waldegrave gate. There's a gate that connects the Waldegrave Manor directly to the ranch that no one can use except for the Waldegraves. Period. Really? That's fun. Hmm. And I told Chase that, and when I did, he laid me off, told me to take some time to rethink my life and, uh, you know, get some rest. And Let me ask you something. Hmm? Have any people been murdered by this thing? I don't know anything about that. Only thing I know is that uh, these horses have been going missing. As far as I know, there hadn't been any deaths, at least if there were. Uh, they've not been publicized. All right, Phil, Bill, and Jill, we have a decision. We can have him take us to said gate, where we will go in and find said creature. And uh, It's probably a pet to the Walter Graves they don't want to tell anyone about. I'm not sure you can uh, just go through that gate. You'll be surprised what I can do. I'm not sure you know who we are. Right, right. I'm not, I'm not doubting your abilities. It's simply that if you get caught entering through that gate... They'll throw you in the pen and forget about you. Period. The Waldegraves run this city. They're the richest and most powerful people that I've ever known. Well, if it's just their horses that are dying. Well, they say that uh, it's magically guarded. I can't attest to that myself. Just as A lot of people think it's just a rumor. Mm-hmm. But... Does that gate go... Is it the same gate that goes to the same manor, the Waldegrave manor that you see when you first come in the city? Yes. Different gate to the same house? Yeah, yes. so let me just uh, explain it to you. You all would have seen it, or you could have seen it. You may not have been paying close attention, but you know, as he describes it, you think, oh yeah, I probably did see that. Basically what it is, is the wall of the city, which goes around Nordentown, you know, with the drawbridge and everything, it literally, it connects to the ranch. The, the fences of the ranch run up to the wall of the city. And the point where it meets is the Waldegrave Gate. And the uh, the manor, the Waldegrave Manor, is on the southernmost part of the city inside the wall. So the manor is up against the wall inside on the southern part of the wall, right? And there's a gate in that wall that leads directly into the ranch, a large gate. It's their personal gate that no one can use because it literally leads right into their property, which is private property. No one can enter that, but they own the ranch. So it's for them to go to and fro, you know, to uh, go to their horses, do whatever without having to go outside of the city and come in through the normal gate, which is what all the plebes have to do, you know. So it's it's a large sort of drawbridge type gate. And you all probably would have seen it. Hmm. Okay, so my question is, if we go through the gate we went through before to go to Watergrave Manor, could we just walk around the edge of the fence and come up to the house the same way that that gate uh, would be? Um, are you asking me or Berman? You. You don't know. Berman. <laughs> uh, I've never been through the gate. Um, it seems to open into like a field or something over there, grassy. 
Lovely. Is there a rival house to the Walter Graves in this area? No. No. None. They have no competition. No. What sort of competition? They own the city. That's that. Wonderful. There's other people, you know, other wealthy people and uh, names of stature, but they're not nearly as powerful, uh, and the Walter Graves aren't going to let it be any different than that. Jilly, what do you think? We go back to Waldegrave Manor and we approach the young mistress we met before and let her know that some creature from her own house is eating her horses and, frankly, we don't care. I don't know. I was worried these might be linked to the lizard bats somehow, but Jill doesn't know. What do you think, Bill? Oh, man, uh, to tell you. <sighs> that sounds like a slow answer. Uh, yeah, it is a slow answer because... I do want to take care of this whatever creature of the night, but quite frankly, I've become very tired with this drama and all this lying and all that just really, really aggravates me. And I kind of want to just kill these two that are right over here. That's my honest opinion. That's fun. Uh, Phil? Listen, if the Walter Graves want to keep a secret, I don't feel like trying to uncover it. <laughs> Just let them kill their own horses. I'm done with it. All right. Off to Waldegrave Manor we go. Bill, as you turn to face this group <laughs> and you're all talking about that, um, you hear a sound, uh, and the sound is a something flying through the air. Cool. Great. And what it is is it's, a, it's one of those empty glass bottles. All right. And it just crashes against the back of your head. I've been standing right in front of them the whole literally, time. Literally the moment that you turn to speak to okay, Saul. Okay, cool. Boom. This thing and crashes in the back of your out? head. No, 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 no. You just you stagger forward and oh, I'm, I'm the squirrely guy bolts through the door cool. running full speed. I'm after him and he's going to die. Okay. I don't care. So he gets, he gets a few steps on you. Okay, cool. Uh, basically... Just to explain, Jill rolled a natural one on his hand tying. I'm sorry. Nice. <laughs> Get it, Jill. <laughs> she did fine on the other one, but that one was in that one. Anything else would have been fine, but literally a natural one. And uh, he just rolled He rolled a stealth check to a sleight of hand, stealth, whatever, to break free and make a break. And he rolled a natural 20. So you guys are now uh, one man down, and he is bolting through the door. He took you by surprise. You guys, I mean? take care of the other one. And I'm bolting after him. <laughs> okay, Bill takes off running. What are the rest of you doing? I want to turn to the other one uh -huh. and say, your friend made a mistake. I want to connect my hand axe into my uh, dual-sided axe, and I want to take off his head. Oh, my gosh. Um, ah, wait, wait. Just knock him out, and then Saul runs out the door. So Saul, you take off too? left him. He's going to kill him. He, he's so going to kill him. Okay, Jill, you are standing there with uh, Phil. Saul and Bill have just run out the door trying to chase this guy down. Phil is walking toward this man with a double-bladed axe. <laughs> Phil, now think about this. Think about it and breathe. Jill, walk out the door. I don't want you to see this. Phil, I have a question. <gasps> are you in a rage? You know what? Yeah. I mean, Bill did take a little bit of damage to the back of the head. Yeah, no, yeah, he got no. hit with a glass bottle. I'm no. in a rage. <laughs> I actually kind of like this NPC. You took three. Uh, you took three damage from that Bill smack. Bill, Bill, smack. <laughs> Bill your Bill Is from that, that God smack, that bottle smack, <laughs> Bill smack. So you are in a blood rage, and you walk toward this man. And Berman says, uh, 
take it easy, fella. We, I don't really know if I want to have a bloody mess here in my in my home. And Jill's trying to stop you. Are you are you walking forward and killing this guy? Yeah, he's dead. Okay. Oh my oh, god. Roll me an attack. This was the actual nice dude. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not a natural twenty. It's a nat twenty. <laughs> oh my god. There we go. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Oh um you coup de gras this guy. <laughs> oh my god. You just one swing remove his head. Mid as Berman is speaking. I don't really want his head. <laughs> well, all right. Oh, There's man. a dead man in my apartment. Um, I've told you all everything I know. Uh, are we cool? Are we cool? Yeah, Jill's going to cool? take out some money and just give it to, to okay. Berman. Like, thank you for your help. Sure. Sorry there was no stopping him. Glad I could help. Um, have a nice day. Nice to meet you. I'll see you. If you don't mind maybe taking that dead body with you when you leave, perhaps. I don't care what you do with it. Maybe just leave it in the street. I don't care. just don't really want it here. I grab the dead body and I throw it out the front door. Okay. There is no front door. But I want it. <laughs> it's an apartment. I thought, there was, I thought there was a door. Well, you're upstairs in the apartment. Yeah, yeah you can throw it out the door. Throw it out the window, okay. Zach. Yeah. No, not out the window. <laughs> we have been down that road before. <laughs> Good times. Um, okay, let's see. Bill and Saul. Yes. Uh, you're running behind this guy. He's I got full. He's a floor down on you by the time you get out the door. He is. Yeah. He is jumping rails. He's running, and he is truly, truly, truly terrified for his life. He so, should be because uh, he's going to die. He busts out the door, and you run down, and you run out the door, and roll me a perception check. Oh gosh, why would? Yeah, that's not good. It's a seven. Yeah. Minus two. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Okay. Uh, Saul, you're just a couple steps behind him, and you come running out the door. You see Bill standing around, looking side to side, trying to find this guy. Uh, you roll me a perception check. Please, Saul. Oh, goodness. Uh, it's not bad. It's a, what is that? It's an 18. You immediately spot the guy. Phil is looking left to right. I keep saying Phil. I'm just too short. Bill is looking left to right. He, that's right. He There's a decent amount of people in the street. Uh, he's looking around. He's got his trident in his hand. He looks severely ticked off. And you look, and you can clearly see someone just running full speed down the middle of the road down that way to the left. Um, Yeah, I guess I'm going to go after him. And I'm going to call after the others say, come on, let's go. I'm running. Let's go. You take off running. So Phil and Jill are not down here with you. Phil is up there about to murder a man. Probably around the time you guys take off down the street, he is murdering a man. Uh, that's happening. So you two take off down the street chasing this guy. Give me, both of you, some... I'll tell you what. Let's just call it general... Um, acrobatics is fine. Athletic? Athletics is fine, too. I'm okay with oh, athletics. Either yeah. one. Natural 20. Oh, snap. Mm, 17 yeah. plus whatever my athletics is. Yeah, you guys probably rolled great, both of you. Yeah, yours is a plus 7 for athletics. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but that natural 20 is really doing it. He rolled pretty well, too. He got a 17, but that does not matter. Oh, yeah. You guys are chasing him, and he's small and wiry. You would almost think like he's the perfect build for being very quick on his feet. But you guys completely overcome him within three blocks he's got a good lead on you so you have to catch up to him but in spite of the fact that he is literally flailing his arms and running like a <laughs> wild man Saul you and Bill both immediately catch up to him it's funny because Saul is he looks like an Olympic runner 
You know what I mean? He is just <laughs> eating the ground, running as fast as he can. Bill looks like a raging bull, shoulders down, <laughs> trotting forward, and he has so much momentum as you guys catch up to this guy that literally saw you're able to like get a hand on him. Yeah. And the moment that you put a hand on him and just sort of stop him, Bill just two steps behind you with the force of his run drives the trident right into the back of this guy. Oh my and, gosh. And just like barrels through him and basically pins him to the ground. That's awesome. Roll me some damage, uh Bill, Oh boy, that's your trident. Is that a, what is it? It's a D four. It's a D four. Yeah, but roll me two D four. Okay. Or I'm sorry, D six. I said D four, my bad. It's D six. That's a one. Okay, roll me another one. That's a three. Okay, so four plus five or four plus four plus four. So that is eight damage. Um, he's not dead, which is maybe good. You didn't kill him. But okay. you have, with Saul's perfect timing and holding back. I've pinned just, him. You've pinned him to the ground. Okay. He's face forward on the ground. <laughs> you've got a trident stuck through his back and he is screaming. Um, I take the trident out, mm -hmm. flip him over. Use my laying on of hand pulls. Uh, that said, that's <laughs> <laughs> what. That's all is. Don't do that. I do it. I do it no matter what. You heal him. Yes. So you close up the wounds to keep him from killing him. Yes. And I look at him and say, "You want to try a run again, huh? Maybe next time I'll actually kill you." Y you guys killed all my friends. You are gonna kill me for sure. Yeah, we might. But you're an idiot. You started running. Knock him out. I. Beat the crap out of the back of his head <laughs> with the end of my trident. Okay, you whack him with your trident. You yes. don't have to roll for it, and he does go unconscious. So, Phil, you and Jill, do you run out after she pays the man? Yeah. Okay, y'all run out. Yeah. They didn't get that far away. I'm going to say that you, about the time that you two get outside, you can hear the blood-curdling scream of someone who just got pinned to the ground by a trident. Great. <laughs> and you can make your way in that direction. You get over there around the time that uh, Saul and Bill have probably picked this guy up. Maybe Bill's thrown him over his shoulder. Yes. Bill, that alley, toss him. No. I'm holding the head of the other dude. Okay. okay, good point. You come running up, you've got an axe in one hand and this guy's head in the other. Phil, I kind of like that guy. Nice trophy you have there. Uh, Saul walks up. May I? I slice off one of the ears and hand it to him. Oh my gosh. Ah, what a excellent job. He takes the, the head and he punts it down into an alley. So you pick up this head, Saul, and you toss it up and then you kick it. And it goes flying and rolling through the alley. And uh, about that time, you hear a, a voice call out to you all from the street. Halt! I don't have time for this. Hello. He turns and looks. You turn and walking up is... A figure standing about six five, bright red scales. Ooh, beautiful. Wearing heavy silver. Run! It's the police. <laughs> plate armor, <laughs> uh, and on his chest he bears a sword and shield marker, which you don't recognize, Saul, because you've never encountered this before. But the other three of you, even though there isn't a protector's guild in Branshire, you especially, Bill, are very familiar with. And this is a uh, a dragonborn who is obviously working with the protector's guild here in Nordentown. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did I just see you kick? Ahead, down that street. Yes, sir, he did. Absolutely. Hold on a second. I touched Saul on the 
chest. I'm, give me, let me take this one. He's got a sir, hand on his great sword, sir. I am from the Temple of Palor, and these evil people were committing crimes against Palor, and were worshiping evil Daedric beings. I don't know what is the devil's. I beings. don't care about all of your religious mumbo jumbo. Did you murder a man in my streets? Uh, we had a man attack us, and we defended ourselves. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Bill. Go ahead and roll me a persuasion check How with dis- with disadvantage. Disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. You guys have. Um, well, yeah, we have a murdered blood man. all over you. Literally saw you kick a what head. What is what is my persuasion? It's a plus five. Ooh, okay. That's a nine plus five. Oh, with disadvantage. Hold on. Oh God. That's a nine plus five. <laughs> he rolled a natural twenty. Um, oh, jeez. Great. I don't care what you've got going on here. You four are coming with me. Cool. Let's go, scary dragonborn man. Mm. Saul draws his rapier to throw my axe or to not throw my axe. Do you pull out your rapier, Saul? <laughs> yeah, I just kind of casually just like lets it fall over his shoulders. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name, peasant. I am Satsaris of the Nine Hills. I don't care who you are, tiefling. My name is Rogar Redthorn, and I'm the captain of the Protector's Guild here in Nordentown. And what I see here looks questionable. You four say you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're doing right. You're not just murdering people. Fine. Come with me. We'll talk about it. Or... Are we coming with you to Waldegrave Manor? He pulls his greatsword out. I'm not going to ask you again. Show him the pen. Show him the pen. Oh no! Who's got the coin? That was is be... it. Jill? No, it's, no. It's Satsaris. Yeah. Oh, Saul, you've got the coin. He's talking about the coin I from uh, so. from the Walgraves. Okay, he pulls that out whenever Bill says that. Uh huh. And he uh, flips it a couple times in his hand, and he goes, Does "This mean anything to you?" And holds it up so the Dragonborn can see it. He was walking forward you with a sword in his hand. He stalls for just a moment. Roll me a charisma, per- persuasion, or whatever you want, Saul. Not deception. Mm, let me see what modifier. Oh, deception's a plus nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not. Persuasion's a plus yeah, six, so here we go. still pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a 12, so that's not great. It's an 18. You still got him. Uh, he rolled a 15 plus his mod, but you're, you're, you're up on that 18. His charisma's not that great. As you might we can, can tell. tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, Such a great person. Is that a uh, is that a token? It's a Walgrave token. We're trying to solve an issue for them. These men were involved in some, well, let's just say evil dealings. They attacked us. We defended ourselves. I would really like to go to Walgrave Manor now, if that appease you, please you. <sighs> you're welcome to come with us if you'd so like. So you're saying that you're operating under official Walgrave business? Yes, the people who pay your paycheck. He cuts his eyes at you pretty hard, Bill. Mm. Don't care. What the halfling said. <sighs> These Waldegraves. Fine. Fine. Make your way straight there. But if I see you doing anything else that I consider questionable or underhanded in my city... It's not going to end well for the four of you. Do you understand? Cool. What's his name again? Rogar Redthorn. Rogar. No need to threaten me, Rogar. And Saul just like starts walking past him. Have a good day. And I walk past him. Man, 
Bill, why are you pushing this guy's buttons? I don't know. It just hit me all of a sudden. <laughs> anyway. I think Bill's I not. Th- Caleb is. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not me. I think Bill... No, because I, I think Bill, with the turn of events that has happened, he's got a lot on his mind. For one, his sister's a thief, and now he knows it. And that's really got to him, and now he's really questioning what's actually going on in his life. So he's just really under some pressure right now. Okay. So the four of you begin making your way back across town? Yes. Yep. Um, are you you taking the one prisoner with you? Yeah, he's on my shoulder. Okay, you're carrying the one prisoner. Uh, he's unconscious still. Cool. We could give him to Rogar. No, we need him as proof because we know something fishy's going on here. So, as you guys are walking, I have a couple of questions for you. First of all, where are you going and what's your plan? We're Saul's going to Watergrave Manor to tell them that. Basically, they're the ones that's causing the problem, and they can solve it themselves. So you're planning on walking straight up to the Waldegrave Manor, uh, probably speak to Marlene, the one who hired you, Yep. and tell her, oh, uh, this is, y'all are the problem, something's going on, it's fishy, you're going to confront her head on. Yep. Okay. Wait, I thought we were just going to tell them we were done, and we couldn't do it. Oh no, we're going to tell them that we know it's them, and that we're not going going to do it. Stop killing your own horses. Uh, if you harm, if you start harming your people, then you'll hear from the tips of our swords. All right, cool. I want to sharpen my axe on the way. <laughs> I don't really think that's such a great idea. I'd like to maybe sugarcoat it a little bit. Like, well, we heard something about a secret gate and a secret monster that may be eating horses. He looks at Jill and says, what's sugar? You haven't lived, Saul, and that's what we're going to do after we get done with this. <laughs> How do you describe sugar? It's it's sweet. Never heard of candy? Mm, heard. Do you have things in the Nine Hells that is sweet? Uh, triumphing over your enemies. It's just, it's like triumphing over your inter- enemies, but it... Enemies. Your enemer. But you eat it. Enemer. <laughs> but you eat it. And it it tastes good. Are we getting close to Waldegrave Manor? <laughs> you all make your way across town. It's a it's a long trek. You are literally on the polar opposite of the city, so it takes you a while to get there. So you do make your way across town. By the time you get back over to the large Waldegrave Manor, it is approaching darkness. The sun is setting, and it is evening time. You don't have much longer before the sun's completely set. It is a dim, dusky light settled over this city. And like I said, it's been kind of abnormally cool today. It's just still pretty much the dead of summer. But today has been relatively cool for this time of year. And you come up on the gates and um, like you did last time, you have to sort of uh, signal for someone to come and let you in. A servant comes to the door, someone who probably works on the grounds, a human uh, it's a woman. She not is, a gnome. No, <laughs> she comes to the door and she sees you there. You show her. You flash her your coin, and she immediately lets you inside. There's not really any heavy interaction there. She leads you to the front door, and uh, you all step inside. And you are here again in the large open antechamber with the staircase and all of that. And there's no one in sight. Huh. Saul uses thaumaturgy to make his voice louder. Okay. And basically just says, Lady of the house, we need to speak. See if anybody comes out. 
a few moments later, you do hear footsteps approaching, and someone comes off from a hallway to the left, and it is not the lady of the house. Looks like some sort of a butler, probably someone who just sort of manages things here at the house. It's a human man, looks probably to be in his, I don't know, mid-30s, maybe early 40s. And he says, oh, hello. Uh, yes, can I help you and uh, with some business? You need to speak with the lady of the house? That's correct. I'm afraid she's indisposed at the moment. I don't believe she's taking any visitors right now. Indisposed? Where is she? In her quarters, likely. I'm not exactly sure. Somewhere in the manor or on the grounds. She simply told me she wasn't taking any more callers or visitors for the day. Hmm. We don't care. Oh, well, um... It's very dire. He holds up the coin. She sent us on a mission earlier. She told us that we must speak to her as quickly as possible. I see, I see. Well, I can take a message. No, no, this is of the deepest of concerns to the Walter Graves. It's very personal. I must speak to her in person. I understand your concern. I understand um, your hurry, sir, and obviously you have been hired by her, but... I have express instructions from her that she is not to be disturbed. And um, I'm sorry, but I can't break that instruction. If you would like to leave a message, then perhaps there's somewhere she can call for you. It's as simple. You, you can give her a message. We know that the source of her problems is from the Walter Gray family. The monster, whatever it is, has come out of her own house. And if whatever it is decides it wants to start killing humans, she'll hear from the tips of our swords. Otherwise, we have our own to take care of. Drop him, and Saul goes to leave. Good point. Is he awake now? Oh my. You don't mean to leave this brigand here. <laughs> Why not? Frankly, no. I don't care, and Saul is leaving. Okay. Is the guy awake? No. No. He kind of grunts uh, when you throw him down. He's really got a mouth on him. Here you go. And I, like, go to toss him at the butler. <laughs> okay, you throw him at the butler. <laughs> I mean, seriously. The butler, like, jumps out of the way and stumbles and falls on his butt. And he's like, oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> and then I walk out. Okay, what about the other two of you? I want to walk up. Sorry about them. And then I want to lean down towards, like, the bad guy. And I want to, mm -hmm. like, cut his arm and go... Hurry, might ruin your floors, and then walk out the door. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You're evil. <laughs> That's so great, though. Jill, what do you do? Gosh. Do you Jill's leave? Just going to run. Okay, you go out run. with them. <laughs> um, where, what are you all doing when you get outside? Getting horses and heading to Fallen Grove. Wow. <laughs> Okay. I mean, yeah, that's, that's about okay. right. Okay, so it is, like I said, it's nighttime. So are y'all going to try and leave the city? Oh, it's nighttime, really? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like I said, the sun was setting as you guys came up on the manor. How about let's go sleep at that one end? We still got the coin. Let's, I mean, let's drink. Let's just drink and eat. <laughs> okay. and just. Have you ever heard the concept that it's getting hot in here? And take off all your clothes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that is absolutely what I mean. No, as in we have drawn way too much attention to ourselves, way too much. Now I don't necessarily want to stay anywhere near this place whenever the sun sets because whatever it is that's coming out of the water graves will probably come out at night and go out in the fields. So perhaps we find a place to book up for the night and we leave first thing, first light tomorrow. 
How does that sound? What about Bermans? Bermans would work. He's not too happy with us. Yeah, but we'll just crash at his apartment and threaten to kill him if he doesn't let us. Yes, but didn't you leave a body in his house already? No, I threw it out the like front door, so we're good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Berman won't care. Let's just go. Is there a temple of Paylor nearby? Yes, there is There's a temple, temple of yeah. You guys went by the temple on the way. We're going to crash at the to temple? To the temple we go. Ooh. That's where we're staying. All right. Sounds okay. cool. So you all make your way back across town. It's kind of between the central part of town and the northern part of town. You all passed it earlier. That's I think that's where you were when you realized that Bill was gone missing. He stumbled into a cheese shop. Yep. So you guys can ride across town, mm. and you come Jeez. to the temple, which, again is adorned with symbols of each of the four gods and it's sort of like a tower it's dark like i said it's it's nighttime by the time you get over there it's it's completely dark now and you come to the temple and uh you just go into the front door yeah yep yeah just walk in um you step inside and this first floor is sort of just like a welcoming sort of area it's not specifically decorated to any god. This is a strange phenomenon. You've never seen anything like this. Especially you, Saul. I mean, you haven't been on this plane for very long at all. Saul's not been in a temple before. Yeah. But even you, Bill, you know, you spend a lot of time in the Temple of Paylor and Branchar, yes. but you come inside and there are people of of all different religions in here. You see dwarves mm. adorned with the silver garb bearing the uh, symbols of Dervetter. You see elves wearing uh, flowing blue robes uh, with like circlets on their head bearing the symbol of the... Uh, the. So this is Comic-Con of the gods. The shell of Prevalian, the uh, Basically. Yeah, and you, you see all these different things. You see gnomes yeah. and halflings there bearing the work of Atonia, wood elves. You see humans and halflings. Uh, they're bearing the white and gold garb with the symbol of Paylor. You see different people coming to and fro, and this bottom floor is sort of a big open area. There's not like altars or anything like that. It's almost just sort of like a a welcome center, you know, welcome. And you step inside and someone steps up. They step up saying, hello. It's a... uh, a man, he's probably, he looks like a younger sort of man, human, blonde hair. He steps up to the four of you. Welcome, welcome to the temples. Can I assist you in some way? The temples. Uh, yes, I am Satsaurus, and he flashes the uh, Paylor marked rapier. Oh, I see, a tenant of Paylor. I'm looking for a cleric of Paylor in particular. We have an emergency. Oh, our head cleric is just upstairs on Paylor's floor. The temple of Paylor is is the topmost floor. You know, Paylor, sunlight, glass ceilings, and all of that. You are free to go up there if you'd like. Thank you kindly. And he heads for the stairs. Okay, do the four of you follow? There's like a grand staircase heading up right in the middle of the floor. I'm not entirely sure why he's going up there. Saul? Come on, guys. Come on. Is there is there a reason? I thought we were staying the night, but now you're wanting to talk to someone? I'm confused. I want us to stay together on the same floor. Ah, okay. Well, alright. Fine. Whatever. Are the other two of you following along? I mean, if Saul says so, Jill's gonna do it. So how far away is the bar? Oh my god. Pretty far. You didn't see one along the way. Phil, tonight is not a night for it. We're gonna work on that drinking problem after this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna go to the stairs, because that's a shorter walk than to the bar. 
Okay. You guys make your way up the stairs. It's, you know, four floors, so a little climb. You get up to the top floor, and um, it opens up into a very large, spacious area. There, It's sort of set up in a circular way, you know, a lot like the Temple of Pelor and Branchar. You can tell that whoever has designed the temple here has definitely spent some time in Branchar. And as you pass the other floors, none of you are familiar with the way they do things, but you can definitely sense it's, they're very thematic. You know what I mean? You see the colors of autumn on the floor dedicated to Atonia. You see lots of blues and flowing colors on the floor dedicated to Prevalian. And you see it's a lot more dimly lit and lots of silver and things on the first floor you enter, which is the bottom one, which is that of Dervetter. But as you come into the floor dedicated to Paylor, you see there is a glass ceiling above you, which allows sunlight to gleam through. And it's a, like a yellow tinted golden glass. There are uh, white banners hanging all around this sort of circular room with the golden son of Pelor on them. And you see a number of people up uh, on altars, like offering thanks and doing things like that. And you see a few people walking around in robes that seem to be uh, clerics. And as you all uh, step up, one of these clerics, a woman, looks, she's got long gray hair that is, you know, untied and just hanging straight, flowing down over her shoulders. And she is wearing flowing white robes with a, uh, like the banner. I don't know what you call those things that you like wear over top of the robes. It's kind of like a banner that hangs down in the front and behind you. And it's where it's got the golden sun of Pelor on it. And she says, welcome friends to the temple of Pelor. My name is Joanna. Can I assist you in some way? Hello, Joanna. Is there anywhere we can speak properly, or perhaps we can move away from the general crowd a little bit, please? Certainly, certainly. I, I hope that you, the four of you aren't in any sort of distress. We are. I am Sutsaurus, and he flashes the rapier symbol at her. Oh, I see. And she turns, she kind of takes you away, and she sees you standing there, Bill, and she goes, Are you a paladin of Pelor? Yes, ma'am, I am. I am from the Temple of Branshire. Oh, I see. Welcome, revered paladin. Yes, if you would like to follow me, we can speak in private. I have some offices uh, just this way. And she leads you all across uh, the open area of this great hall and into a doorway off to the left side of the building. And I think that's actually where we're going to have to stop this week. No. Here in the Temple of Pelor. So uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in and listening this week. Got a little bit more information. Seems these Waldgraves are not exactly on the up and up. Who would have ever guessed that? I mean, not me. Never me. I hate you. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please leave us one of those five-star reviews. Follow us on Twitter at MBH Podcast. Please go on there. Tell us what you think about this episode. Holler at me. Shoot us a tweet and say, hey, love the episode, or hey, this was fun, or this was funny. We'd love to continue the conversation on there or on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. And speaking of continuing the conversation, you know what would be a great place to do that? On Discord. And you know how you can get onto our exclusive Discord? By going to patreon.com slash makebelieveheroes. We have a ton of awesome rewards like the Discord, like live Q&A, which we record every month and answer your questions and just chat about whatever if you can tune in. Uh, we also do special episodes where we play different games or different campaigns, etc. that we put out. We do an awesome behind-the-scenes look at the world of Monumi, giving you guys world-building information and different things that you can't get just in the general narrative of the show. 
lots and lots of things. Go to patreon.com slash makebelieveheroes and check that out. You could be just like Andrew Zimbara, who supports us at patreon.com at the Make Believe Royalty tier. Thanks a lot, Andrew. You make all of this possible. And if you do support us at the same tier as Andrew, then you even get some sweet physical rewards like the official Season 1 poster that we had printed and sent out to our royalty tier and above fans. But don't worry. If you can't support us on Patreon right now, we understand. We're so happy that you would take the time out of your day to listen to our little D&D show. We love making it, and we just can't believe what an awesome fan base that we have and even if you can't be a patron right now, if you still want to help us out, you can do that by going onto iTunes or whatever. Leave us a five-star review. You know, like Stealth Suit Stanley, who left us this review. Goofy, but entertaining. Five stars. This is a group of goofy nerds playing a very entertaining game of D&D. Fun, family-friendly, and actually worth it. Actually worth it. Okay, yeah. Uh, hey, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that when it was all said and done, Stealth Suit Stanley, we were actually worth it and of course if i haven't said it enough huge thanks to battlebards.com for letting us use their awesome sound effects music and soundscapes it really adds that extra level to our podcast and we don't know where we would be without you thanks for listening to this episode five tune in next week to see if we can resolve this mystery with the wall graves and the lizard bats and as always we love you and we'll see you next week we love you. Love you. Love Bye. You. Goodbye. That was a violent episode.